Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. And we are back. This is the Wesson Walker Show Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ broadcasting live from the Planet Kia studio, the best place on the planet to buy a car. Visit them on East Independence or online at planetkianc.com. Now, a lot has been made of this draft class already. Lots of guys looking like they have a lot of potential, starting with Bryce Young. You've heard a lot about Jamie Robinson and Chandler Zavala, even though he's been hurt. So this class looks like they have a lot of promise, but one class that Tom may be running out on is the 2022 class. And so when you go back and look at that, normally you want to take about two to three years before you really start to evaluate a draft class. But when you look at it right now, it seems like Icky is about the only guy that you have in there that's going to be a player of substance for the Panthers, Matt Corral could still end up being a quality backup, but you've seen so far in the offseason Brandon Smith and his struggles, Amari Barno and his struggles. Cade Mays still isn't really high up on the depth chart when you look uh, at those. And then Kalen Barnes uh, as well. This is a draft class that seems to have a lot of misses. But what do you think? Is time running out on this class to salvage anything really besides Icky? And then if Matt Corral, there's still a little bit of time on him. But what say you? Well, it's funny because I think the player that most people on the text line ask about from this draft class, it's Amari Barno. When we discuss opposite pass rusher, there's opportunity there. There is very little production. It's not like we didn't see anything from him last year because we did see at least two sacks from a sixth round rookie. You got something in the box score. That's not nothing when you're talking about someone drafted that late in the process. We also know how crazy athletic he is. One of the better 40 times from any edge rusher coming out of the last year's NFL draft. So maybe you can turn him into some kind of Marquise Haynes because very same body build, athletic, speed rusher, not going to be someone you throw in against the run, but maybe he can get after the quarterback. I still have hope in Amari Barno. I think Cade May showed some positional flexibility. He appeared in 11 games last year. You throw him at fullback, he can provide some offensive line depth. So maybe versatility is something that you can rely on with somebody like a Cade Mays. And even if Brandon Smith only played, I mean, only played in 12 games, that seems to be one where the trajectory is pointing more south. But a lot of people liked that pick when they made him. No, I think it's too strong to say that Icky is the only one that's going to be worth anything from this class. But clearly, Icky looks like he is on the up and up as the first round draft pick. Hopefully, these other guys can find their way um, into being a nice role player for this team. Yeah, because so far you hear out of camp, uh, Brandon Smith and Amari Barno have each been struggling in Ezra Evero's new defense. So we'll see uh, how those two do because they are a part of a defense that a lot of people are expecting a lot more out of under Ezra Evero. And so with that said, how do you think that Carolina's defense will be compared to everyone else's in the division as it stands right now? The NFC South is fascinating to me because everybody's going through a lot of similar changes and a lot of I guess interesting thought processes like forks in the road on defense, quarterbacks, and they're very comparable in that way. 
because Tampa, very good defense. New Orleans, very good defense. Carolina certainly has the talent. Two years ago, they were a top 10 defense, if I'm not mistaken, in yards allowed. Last year, they took a dip, but they still have quite a few names that you feel good about. And Atlanta, defense, don't know how good they're going to be. They did try this offseason to make it better going after Kalias Campbell, going after Jesse Bates, making him one of the higher paid safeties in the league. I think Carolina has every chance to be the number one defense in the NFC South, but it's really a coin toss for me. I don't know if you feel the same, but New Orleans is some team that you have to believe in still. They still have a great linebacking core. They have um, defensive linemen that you feel good about too. Veterans like Cam Jordan, who is getting older for sure. But still very effective. Yeah, it's still a guy that you can trust. And and maybe this is the year it hits him, but right now I'm going to give him benefit of the doubt. I I feel good about Carolina coming in at the right time because Derek Brown, Brian Burns, if we feel good about them as just among the better defenders in the division, they're also on the younger side of the high-impact players. So Carolina might be coming into their prime while other defenses have good players, but those players are maybe exiting some of their prime. Demario Davis is a name that comes to mind. Tyron Matthew, if I'm not mistaken, is still with the Saints. Maybe he moved. Sometimes it's hard to keep up with No, he's still with the Saints. So with Matthew, maybe he's starting to get a little bit older as well. Certainly an older player compared to Burns and a Derek Brown. I just wonder if the time is great for Carolina as these guys enter what their ceiling could be while we've already seen the ceiling for some of these other defenders in the division. Yeah, I think uh, I still put Carolina second in the division as far as their defense goes because they still need to find that pass rusher on the other side of Brian Burns, still need to show up that cornerback depth. Uh, especially and find uh, a number two cornerback that can really hold it down over there, especially if J.C. Horn is not able to be present. But you look at New Orleans, we've talked about it in 2022, top 10 in yards uh, allowed and points allowed. They add Brian Bersie to that defense in the first round, and they already said that he's running with the ones. And this is a guy, you talk about the athleticism and the size, if he can get in there and be able to be available, and he is a player that you have to use that caveat on. I know it's football, but he was injured a lot at Clemson. Can he reverse his fortunes in the NFL? But if you add that guy to that defense with that front seven that they have, you talk about Cam Jordan on one side, one thing Brian Bercy can be is disruptive. You talk about Honey Badger, Marshawn Lattimore still there. So I think this defense, uh, they definitely have what it takes to remain a very, very good unit. The Panthers are one on the come up. And then you look at Tampa, them adding Kalaja Kansi, but they still have to find those defensive ends uh, out there to provide that pass rush. And then you talk about the Atlanta Falcons. Again, they've made a lot of additions, but we've seen in the NFL all the time that just because you go out and spend the money doesn't mean that things are going to shore up immediately. But they're trying their best uh, to fix some things on that Atlanta defense, especially that pass rush that ranked near the bottom last season in sacks. But funny you brought up linebackers because our favorite, Rank Radio, PFF put out their list of the best linebacking units in the NFL. Just wanted to uh, start it out just saying that San Francisco is number one. So I just wanted to just throw that out there before we uh, get of course, going. Just of to course. let you know. But uh, <laughs> when you talk about the NFC South and where each of those units ranked, New Orleans was the number one. They had the, well, the number one in the division. They were rated fourth by PFF. Then you talk about the Carolina Panthers coming in. They were rated 16th. 
and Tampa Bay was also in front of the Panthers as well. But they talked about with Carolina saying that according to them, they had the third best run defense grade in all of football and they had a league-best 159 defensive stops when they finished the regular season. But their 53.0 coverage grade ranked 22nd in the NFL. Corey Littleton was rated their best cover linebacker, and he is no longer there. When you talk about Frankie Louvu and Shaq Thompson, Frankie Louvu had 23 pressures, 7 sacks. Both of those were top 5 marks at the linebacker position, but neither one of those guys had very good coverage grades. So do you think that this is a unit that, for one, you look at it now in a 34, and yes, the guys on the edge are considered linebackers. So with Brian Burns added to that crew, do you think that this is by far the Panthers' strongest unit? But do you think that Tampa's and New Orleans linebackers are that much better than the Panthers? So, yeah, I think their linebacking core is is good. I like Shaq Thompson fine enough. I really like Frankie Louvu in the way that he came on strong last year. We can have the edge rusher linebacker debate. He can be an OLB into this defense. He is not going to have the same responsibilities as Frankie Louvu and Shaq Thompson are going to have. But if you want to include Brian Burns, then yeah, the linebacker and crew is fantastic compared to what the other defenses have out there, especially with the Saints. Yeah, Levante David, very good for Tampa. Atlanta, don't know how much you believe in their linebacking core. So Carolina, yeah, they were the worst. They were 26 for sure. So if Carolina is going to include Brian Burns, despite different responsibilities compared to Luvu and Shaq Thompson, then they're going to be right up there with everybody else in the division. And that's why you can feel good about Carolina, possibly even being the best division in the NFC South when it's all said and done. Also with the whole Jero Avero effect. Yeah, I think that uh, when you look at this and they talk about Demario Davis and his consistency and how good he's been, and then they're counting on Pete Werner in New Orleans to bounce back to the form that he was in 2021. But I do think now with this new defense and you include Brian Burns in this linebacker crew, I think they do have the potential to be the best overall. Because when you look at Shaq and Frankie Louvu, both of them had 90-plus run defense grades. Only Bobby Wagner had a better uh, run defense grade than either of these two guys. So you're talking about two very talented guys. Luvu also brings the pass rush and the pressure. He'll have to do it from uh, that inside spot in that 34 defense. And then, then when they go to different sets and different formations, he could be lined up in a lot of different places. But I think now you add, burn, add Burns to the crew. We'll see who ends up taking over on that other side. But I do think with the addition of Brian Burns in there as an OLB, I think this could be the best linebacking core uh, in the NFC South. But obviously the coverage is going to have to get better if they want to be considered a really good unit. And also uh, if they want to take this defense to the next level, because we know that this is a passing league and that will hurt you when you play against some of these teams. You talked about the Kyle Pitts of the world and, and some of the other weapons that are in the NFC South that teams can just come in, especially if you're in that, that zone coverage and guys can find holes and different things like that if you can't cover properly. Yeah, you definitely want to have linebackers that cover. I wonder if Jeremy Chin will be better at that, something that he struggled with, especially being in the defensive backfield. Can he move up? 
and then maybe be better covering tight ends while allowing Shaq Thompson, Frankie Luvu to still rush the passer, and certainly Luvu's case, and stop the run in Shaq Thompson's case. So I wonder what's going to happen with with uh, not only just having those guys play a little closer to the line of scrimmage, Jeremy Chin coming closer to the line of scrimmage, but also still covering tight ends. What does he do well? You start to try to figure that out in this Avero system, and then you have some safeties. How much do you believe in Von Bell and then the big nickel in Chin's case, but also your boy, Jamie Robinson? I mean, maybe he makes enough of an impact as a fifth-round draft selection to get real playing time right away. Well, one thing I would ask, too, when you brought up some of those guys is did the Panthers – do they have maybe the most multiple defense in the league? And when I say that, I mean just a lot of versatile guys. You talk about Brian Burns, who could still put that hand in the dirt and be a traditional defensive end, but now will also be a linebacker in the 34. Talk about Jamie Robinson and him being able to play multiple positions. Jeremy Chin being able to play multiple positions. Derek Brown can go inside or outside like he's going to have to do uh, in this new defense. So do you feel like they have the most multiple defense and it's a reflection of how well they've drafted because that's kind of the new way you want to go in the NFL. Offenses are always trying to find an advantage, always trying to find a matchup. So when you have guys who can do a lot of things, I think that bodes well for the Panthers in this coming season. No, I, I think this is exactly what they've wanted to build. It's exactly why they bring in somebody like a Jero Averro. And to be fair, Phil Snow was pretty multiple. I mean, he liked flexibility. I know Jeremy Chin, there were rumors about him not loving the Phil Snow system. And he probably got a little too multiple, if you want to keep going with that word. Because why is Brian Burns in coverage as much as he was? That never made a whole lot of sense to me. And I actually like Phil Snow okay. But it never made a ton of sense that he wouldn't just be rushing the passer more. I mean, clearly did more often than not. But I also wanted him to do it more than what Phil Snow had him doing. Derek Brown now, we're going to find out. I do think he has that ability, but we're going to find out just how versatile he is. And so, yeah, I, I think that this defense, with what they decided to do this offseason and hiring the coaches they did, as well as signing the guys they did, that's certainly the vision, and I feel good about it. 803 did write in on the text line, am I the only one a little concerned we're possibly overestimating Averro's ability to get everything installed in just one offseason? Mm. That's a good question because a lot of people expect Averro to be gone. He was someone that was considered as a head coach, certainly here, had an interview um, to be the next head coach for the Carolina Panthers. We thought he might be a defensive coordinator for another team, but he was a guy that got some of those head coaching interviews. If he does install it quickly, it's funny because that might serve as a catalyst to have him out of here to be a head coach for another franchise. If he doesn't, but still does a good enough job. Maybe he sticks around for one extra year in Carolina. It, weird how these scenarios could play out for the Panthers. Is there a territory that the Panthers defense could get in that you would start to worry because you would be enjoying how good they are under Everett? That if you feel like, oh boy, we're at six, he could be gone. He's going to be gone if we get to this numbers. I know you want them to be as good as they could be. But is there a ranking that worries you? Well, you know, all right, man, this guy's going to be gone, and they're going to no. have to start all over again. I mean, what are you going to do? Try to find a sweet spot of being ranked 8 through 12? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is not the kind of anxiety I would have. There's nothing I can do. If you're, if you're going to confine me to pull for 8 through 12 spot, that's good, better than average, top 10, but maybe not good enough to give him a head coaching spot, I can't live like that, Wes.
I can't do that. I'm just going to pull for them to be as good of a defense as much as they possibly can. And if you lose a Vero, hopefully you have. Thank you when he's going out the door. Hopefully you have somebody on that staff that can pick up where he left off and keep the same system, bring their own twist to it. Players still stay because ultimately it's going to come down to Derek Brown, Brian Burns, foundational pieces, and how you perform in the draft. Can you get a good coach to work with those guys? Maybe Averro can give you a blueprint for the next guy if he goes and takes that job. Yeah, hopefully he could leave a blueprint if they end up playing really, really well. Well, when we come back, we're going to get more into Mitch Kupchak and his comments. This is the Wesson Walker Show, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning their chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Thomas Davis going to hop on with us at 1.30, just 10 minutes from now. Going to be talking about the Thursday night draft party. Tomorrow night, that is, at his new bar and restaurant, 1058. WFNZ celebrating the Charlotte Hornets and their number two overall draft pick. You can stop by, hang out with us. We take you through the night with food and drink specials, special prizes, and a live broadcast as well. Going to be Mac and Bone with you, broadcasting live from 6 to 7. Then me and Wes going to be hopping on from 7 to 8. Mm-hmm. And then we'll send it out at the Spectrum Center, Kyle Bailey and Cardi B. Paul B. and Cardi, he's going to be hopping on with you <laughs> from 8 to 9. A better celebrity. I got excited for a second. Yeah, I would love to hear Cardi B's analysis on the NBA draft. It would be fantastic. That would be great. And then you maybe, so I'm going to try it. If she liked the pick, would you go, oh, <laughs> oh, I can't do the tongue roll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do it. I would. Oh, man. That would be the definite cosine seal of approval. I'd. It always hurt me in Spanish class. I couldn't yeah. do the tongue roll. Yeah, I've always been good with that. You know, I Roll was, those R's, baby. I loved taking Spanish. It was, I, I took it all through high school, took it through college. But that's one thing I never learned how to do. Not on command. So, I'm sorry, Cardi B. I did an awful impression of you. Anyway, tomorrow night. Hey, let's get back on track. Ba- 1058 Bar and Restaurant located 430 West 4th Street. Starting at 6, heading through the night. Only from your sports radio, 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. And we'll talk more about that with Panther great all pro linebacker Thomas Davis in just a moment. We have more audio from Mitch Kupchak, the Charlotte Hornets GM. He spoke with media at 11 earlier today. We went through who's going to be making the final pick, the guys that it's going to come down to between Brandon Miller and Scoot Henderson. But you mentioned it when I said that at the top of the show, Wes, you could be trading the number two overall pick for one of these stars. Here's Mitch Kupchak on the possibility they could send this thing out to another franchise. The number two pick will be made. There'll be no activity and nothing's going to happen an hour or 15 minutes before the draft. I don't see that. I'm talking more about 27, 34, 39, and 41. Okay. It's going to be tough. The thing I'm watching for, Wes, 
It's the report that the Pelicans really want Scoot Henderson. And we know about all the Zion Williamson drama. I saw Jake Madison discuss this on Locked on Pelicans. You're going to have to, if you want full control, and you want to do what the Carolina Panthers did when they wanted full control over the NFL draft, if you're the Pelicans, you're going to have to trade with Charlotte if there's a little bit of a fear that the Charlotte Hornets are going to take Scoot. But maybe we see the deadline, the actual draft, serve as the catalyst for them to trade up to Portland. If the Hornets do indeed take Brandon Miller, then you're starting to call Portland. All right, Scoot's available. We're going to give you Zion. No? Do you want Brandon Ingram? I don't know if we want to give up Brandon Ingram. And then you start to see negotiations. That's what I'm interested in seeing. But the Charlotte Hornets at number two, it's going to start there. The possibilities are going to start there. And whether the Pelicans can give a, a package that is as attractive as possible to the Charlotte Hornets. Do you believe Mitch or do you feel like he's just trying to drive up the price when he comes out and says that, no, nothing's going to happen at that second pick? I believe him. I, I do too. I believe him. I, I think he's going to keep all of his options open. I, I have no reason to not believe him. You don't think so, Fiddy? You're, you're kind of laughing, shaking your head over there. He's just not savvy enough to drive up the price. <laughs> like, he, he, hmm. he doesn't have the ability to do that type of stuff. Not here, because well, he hasn't done it. Well, I mean, I guess if we're questioning if he's doing it or not, maybe. Yeah, I don't, I, I guess, I don't know. This I mean, question. it feels this like, point. well, no, he might be. I mean, this has been a devil's advocate like Michael Jordan. <laughs> it's, I like an MJ's advocate. That's what we need to start calling it. MJ's advocate. So, Mitch, why do you want to select Brandon Miller? <laughs> Have you thought about this whole fit thing people are considering? Yeah. Maybe Scoot is just the better player. Yeah. Mitch Kupchak was sold as this guy that is a deal maker coming over to the Hornets organization. And he's not made any big time in season trade or even off season trade. You know, really, you were just playing contract. You know, you're rotating contracts with Bismack Biombo trades. If I'm not mistaken, man, he was here for that 2018 where you're, I think you're going with Dwight Howard. Yeah, you know, Miles Plumley was Rich Cho. But he's you're, operated as a small market GM. That's what, and, and I, yeah. think, I think that's where everyone's frustrated because you brought him in with the track record of building championship teams in LA where he was, and look, you have more money, more resources, and all that type of stuff. Well, and you walk into the job with Shaq and Kobe. Right. You know, then you come here, then it's just like, yeah, we, we're not going to go out and spend money. We're not going to be aggressive. It gets old, man. Well, yeah, the, the messaging has been poor. It is not the same organization as the Lakers with Shaq and Kobe. It's one of the best dynamic duos of all time in all of sports and certainly NBA history. And so his job was to make deals. That's what happens when you have stars on your team. The Hornets haven't been able to do that until they drafted LaMelo Ball. And when you do get one star, the job is to hold on to him. So, yeah, I think some of that is at the fault of Mitch Kupchak. The messaging is pretty terrible, especially when you're trading your first-round pick last year, parlaying it into a late first-round draft pick this year. Yes, even in a deeper pool. That was always my problem with that draft night decision. But yeah, he has operated as a small market, and he's always told us that he's operated as a small market GM. And that is the messaging. Gives no hope. That frustrates a lot of fans <laughs> out there. Um, is there a guy, is it still Zion for you that has the higher likelihood of becoming a Charlotte Hornet if you just consider all the NBA stars out there? Oh, okay. So which one do I think is the most likely? I and would so say just to give people an idea and give you some thought, Jalen Brown, Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, seems like those are the three. But Mitch, in his media availability, said you'd be surprised to hear some of the names that were mentioned when considering trading up to number two. Wow. Okay. Um, 
I would say Zion off top of off the top of my head, just as far as a guy I think would be most likely for Charlotte. I read that the Pelicans don't really want to come up off of Brandon Ingram if they don't have to. Uh, Jalen Brown, I would think, would be there as well. But do you have or thinking of a name that you would not expect that would be there or that they would want to maybe deal that second pick for? That That's very intriguing that he said that. I wonder, I guess just off the top of my head, I would say Damian Lillard, but that's just reckless speculation. Yeah, I don't know if there's anybody that, you know, if you were the if you're the Hornets, you would trade the second overall pick. That to, would surprise you. To get Dame. And yeah, I, I don't even know what would happen. Yeah, I don't know who would surprise me. I'm Jalen Brown is a name that hasn't been reported a lot, mm-hmm. but it's been floated out there as a possible idea that you could go after. What about if Memphis just wanted to get off of John Morant? Right. (laughs) But but then you talk about fit there. If you if you decide to give up assets for John Morant, who's suspended for 25 games coming into the season and you didn't want to draft scoot while not giving up any assets, then that would be some backwards thinking. I know Colin Sexton was out there, too. Not a star, but Colin Sexton was reportedly um, somebody that the Hornets were interested in. I don't know where that report came from. Twitter is flying yeah, about. But that. If they traded the second pick for Colin Sexton, just Well, no, they wouldn't in. do that. I'm just saying a, a trade target. But you're right. If it, if it is rotating around the second pick, it certainly would not be uh, Colin Sexton who you're trying to go get. So we also had these two workouts on Monday, really for ownership. And you've talked about it a little bit here, Wes. Mm-hmm. Should Scoot's better two workouts give him the clear edge over Brandon Miller? Or should Brandon Miller, performing better the second time around, should the Hornets find real value in that? Um, I would say a clear edge. I'm going to be decisive here because I just, I've just i said all the different reasons. But for those just tuning in, I just like a guy that understands the assignment. You know that you have a chance to be the number two pick. You know that you that your future is at stake here as far as where you're going to get drafted. And it's just being a professional all in all, whether – Uh, no matter what team you want to go to. It's just being a pro, showing up, knowing that, hey, I'm auditioning for this team. They're thinking about drafting me. I'm going to give them my best. And so to hear that he was more focused and more locked in, um, that just to me, it doesn't sit well with me because is this going to be a guy I'm going to have to constantly be on, constantly have to get on him to do all of the little things that make superstars superstars. I mean, you talk about you can just pick any of them, and a lot of these guys, pretty much I would guess 99.9% of them are pretty self-motivated. And so for a guy that I'm going to have to continue to motivate to get him to play hard, I would not want that. With these player podcasts that are coming out, in you know leaps and bounds here with how many player podcasts Paul George having his own. We know J.J. Reddick's podcast is wildly successful, very good. Pat Bev also talking about you know has his podcast as well. It's been interesting to see a lot of these players discuss a lot of talented dudes in the league don't love the game as much as some of the other guys in the NBA, which is going to happen. You're going to get different variations of love for the game with so many different players in the association. Zion Williamson. Happens to have one of the freakier bodies of all time. Yeah, you can have pun intended there if you want to. Freakier bodies of all time with Zion, but maybe Zion doesn't love it (laughs) as much as some of these other guys that are in the NBA. Brandon Ingram, J.J. Redick has told you, with the Duke connection, J.J. Redick says Brandon lives and breathes basketball as much as anybody. 
Paul George, DeMar DeRozan, right? When they're saying, man, some dudes just don't love it like that. You don't get that at all with Scoot. And I'm going to leave Brandon out of this because I don't know. It would be unfair of me to say that Brandon Miller doesn't love the game of basketball. I bet you he does. I bet you he does. When I talk about attitude and the intangibles and how the workouts have gone, it has nothing to do with Brandon Miller, to be honest with you. It has nothing to do with me being worried about, is Brandon going to bring it every single night? It has everything to do with no matter who covers Scoot, they're all in awe about how hard he works. Okay, maybe you can brush some of the reports off of your shoulder, but if everyone in his orbit says, yo, this guy's crazy different. Steph Curry is working out with them right now on his shooting. He's going to the gym every single day, which I'm sure Brandon Miller is too, but this is somebody that also just didn't eat fried food a couple years in high school. His body shows the results, by the way, right now. Has an NBA-ready body as far as a guard goes, immediately stepping into the NBA. It's all about Scoot. I don't want to use Brandon Miller and some of the things you've heard about him as an indictment against him. All I'm doing is taking what everybody is saying about Scoot and running towards that and celebrating the positives that he could bring to a team. Yeah, and I think that you should. These are all positive things that you bring up. And as you said, no not to Brandon because we don't know everything that goes into his preparation. You did talk about the mono situation that he had. Maybe that played into it. That's real. Maybe he is finally starting to get himself back into shape finally starting to feel like himself, but still all in all, I just think that Scoot, not only the workouts and what he's been able to do in both of those, but just everything you read and that you hear about the guy, just his mentality, he is just different. He is thinking of himself more brand-based, but he puts the work behind it. This isn't a guy that's just talking. He thinks that he should be the number one pick. If you read the article that came out today, that's the type of mentality he has. And you know with some of that type of talk that if you don't pick him, he's going to want to make you pay. It does seem like he's the guy that's going to be most angry at being skipped over. He's going to remember every single thing about every workout. I've mentioned this before, too, but I'll go back to it. With Chad Ford being one of the godfathers of NBA draft analysis, not quite Mel Kuyper because more people care about the NFL draft. It's just how it is. But with Chad Ford being one of those guys that was a dot-commer, writing on ESPN.com quite a bit, they put it behind a paywall, and so he kind of drifts into the unbeknownst to people. But when when Chad has been doing this for quite some time, and he said one of the things that he's learned more than, you know, he's learned most throughout evaluating NBA prospects, it was that the guys that seem to have a higher motor, that seem to care more, those are always the dudes that hit. And you kind of roll your eyes at some of that when you first hear it. But if it's real and people that have been doing this for a long time find real value in the dudes that work as hard as anybody, care about it more, actually do provide um, some really positive traits in their interview process, then I gravitate towards some of that. You know, it doesn't mean that other guys can't be fixed, quote unquote. You might not have as great of a work ethic and maybe you feel that your coaching staff, your organization you can instill that in someone. Maybe that can happen. I, I, people can flip a switch all the time, but you don't need to flip any switch with Scoot. It's already, you know, turned all the way up. He's on go yeah. from the time he walks in the gym. Um, let's go to some of the text messages. Number one troll said Brandon Miller at minus 650 now. 
Brandon Miller only becoming that much stronger of a second overall. And then pick. I wonder what's going on to why this is going up. Is somebody calling in to the gambling house and say, hey, look, mm-hmm. did Michael call them himself and say, hey, we're going to take him? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Well, I mean, we saw Vegas, they got a hold of this last year before Woj was able to run away with the report. And same thing with some of the other uh, NBA journalists there that are reporting on the NBA draft. Supposed to be hearing from Thomas Davis here soon. Hope to do so to talk a little more about our draft party at 1058 tomorrow night. And we can talk a little about what the Carolina Panthers have been doing through practices, OTAs, minicamp, all that good stuff. I do want to go to some more text messages, though. Fiddy, you said we do have Brandon Miller's goat soundbite, right? Yes. Okay. Firefighter Drew, he said, are we just going to ignore that Brandon Miller's goat? Yes. The greatest of all time (laughs) NBA player is blank. I'm going to say blank now because we have the audio. Firefighter Drew brought up the sound. Let's play it. Here's who Brandon Miller thinks is the best NBA player of all time. I actually don't think LeBron is, you know, the goal of basketball. I think my goal of basketball is Paul George. You know, I always grew up watching him, so it's never just LeBron. All right, the audio is a little, little grainy. That's my first time hearing him talk. But he said Paul George is his goat. <laughs> I will say that again. He thinks Paul George is the goat, Wes. Paul George was probably like, what? Who? Yeah, Paul George was like, no. This is like Waka Flocka telling people, no, he was actually a trash rapper. This is what, what when Waka was saying, people were like, no, you were as, you know, you were, you were fun as Kendrick. You were as good. Like, no, dude, have you heard Kendrick rap? No, I am not that good. Y'all are crazy. I was whack. This is what Paul George would say to Brandon Miller. I love Paul George. Got love for the Pacers. Taking LeBron James and the Heatles to seven-game series. That was lit. We loved it up there in Naptown. Paul George is not the GOAT, not anywhere close. Yeah, I mean, it is very interesting <laughs> that he would say that, and Fiddy brings a good point to the table saying that that's his NBA comp. So that, it is his comp. maybe why he's saying it, but, man, that's a that's a one-of-one one answer right there. I wonder how many people would join him in saying that. I was nobody. Up, I, nobody. No. And nobody should. Nobody thinks he's even the GOAT on the Clippers. Everybody, right. you know, people would say <laughs> Kawhi Leonard, even with him still being injured so much. I do want to give you another NBA comp just real quickly. Um, Fiddy, did you get mad at my tweet late last night when thinking about the NBA draft? You're a Carolina fan, so maybe not as much. But what what did you feel about my tweet? Mad? No. First off, I was concerned that you were tweeting NBA comps at 1045, like go to bed, man. I live this. And and I'm sorry. And then secondly, I just thought it was a little bit of a disservice to Cam Johnson because Cam Johnson's game <laughs> was it was smooth, man. That, that guy averaged 17 points per game and it looked effortlessly. All right, here's my tweet just for everybody. I, yeah, this did come in at 10:45. Fiddy is right on with that. Younger, higher usage rate Cam Johnson in an NBA style system who's a better shot maker off the dribble but worse finishing at the rim. That's my prospect comp for Brandon Miller. Is that disrespectful or is that fair? What do you think about the comp? I mean, I know coming from you, I mean, it's always going to be a little bit of backhandedness, but uh, I don't have any problem with it. Jay uh, Henley got (laughs) mad at us or got mad at me for saying that. He said, I can't remember one time where Cam Johnson as a freshman took over a game like Brandon Miller. Well, one, I said younger and Cam Johnson's shooting numbers were crazy at Carolina. Uh, there will probably never be a, as good of a shooting season as what Cam Johnson did a senior year ever and for the rest of Carolina basketball history. 99th percentile catch and shoot off of screens. Off the dribble was his worst percentile, and it was like 66%. I think Brandon Miller is more fluid and with the handle, but that's kind of what I see. 
That's what I see. And I think Brandon Ingram, if we want to go with the ultimate ceilings, I think that's probably my ultimate ceiling comp. And Brandon Ingram is a really good player. And so if Brandon Miller hits that, it'd be hard to say that you miss it number two if he is indeed the number two pick. Yeah, I like that one too for his ultimate ceiling. Uh, you like that if mm-hmm. you're able to get a Brandon Ingram because he's steadily gotten better every year. A lot of people when he came out said he was going to be a poor man's Kevin Durant. And uh, I think he's accomplished that. Not quite a poor man's Kevin Durant. He's a uh, wealthy man. Well, I mean, Ed, you said that was disrespectful to Cam. Myron Goodman wants Brandon Miller to be the pick, and he thinks that's disrespectful to Cam. We're saying Cam Johnson should have been the second overall pick when he came yeah, out? Yeah, that's what no, I'm saying, too. I thought it was disrespectful to Brandon Miller. I'm getting Cam Johnson at number two. I'm not too thrilled about that. I'm not saying that, but like, look at the way that Cam played offense and the way that... like. Like Cam Johnson could get could get by people off the dribble better than Brandon Miller could. Oh, I don't know about all that, um, man. Go watch the game yeah. in Cameron where he scored 26 points and didn't make a, didn't even shoot a three pointer. I watched it. I'm gonna guarantee you, I watched it sooner than you did because it's exactly what I was looking at last night. And he was good off the dribble, but you're talking about two and pull ups. A lot of pull-ups. There was one loose ball that turns into a three-pointer. Didn't hit a single three-pointer at Cameron, by the way, in that game. He was very good. I don't know if I'm going to say he's a better ball handler. Higher usage percentage for Brandon Shore, but you know me. I saw pretty much all his games at Carolina, and I I don't agree with that. You also hate Carolina. No, that doesn't mean anything. (laughs) Um, Do we want to do your fitty flash, or maybe we can do it on the other side of the break? Do you want to do that? Whatever you want to do. It's it's ready to go. Like If you want to cue it, the new flash is ready to flash. Let's give it it's time you worked hard on an intro so let's go to break let's come back we'll debut a new fitty flash intro to go alongside alan jackson it's coming up next wesson walker sports radio 92.7 wfnc whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits long live listening to your favorites learn more about cascali ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if cascali is right for you McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Come out, hang out with us tomorrow night for a draft party at Thomas Davis's new bar and restaurant, 1058. WFNZ will celebrate the Charlotte Hornets and their number two overall draft pick. You can stop by, hang out with us as we take you through the night with food and drink specials, special prizes, and a live broadcast. Mac and Bone going to be on the air from 6 to 7. Then it'll be me and Wes from 7 to 8. Fiddy's going to be out there with us. What's your schedule like, Fiddy? When are you coming back to the studio? What do you mean? I'm going to be not... out there all night. All night, from yeah. 6 to 9. Yeah, well, I'm, I'm going to be with y'all from 6 to 8. I'm the... Uh... I'm the on-site engineer tomorrow night, baby. I'm y'all's boss. 
Wow. <laughs> dude, the look, dude, the look on Walker's face. <laughs> Whoa. Yeah. He took that far, huh? I like it, though, because any mistakes that happen, it's all going on him. On me. Just blame it on Fiddy. But he'll blame it on us. And if we go through smoothly, then I'm just going to take credit. I'm going to take yep. it back. I'm going to say, Wes, good job. It's your, it's your, re- you're the reason as to why this thing went smoothly. For sure. Tomorrow night, New bar and restaurant from Thomas Davis, 1058, located at 430 West 4th Street, starting at 6, heading through the night, only from your sports radio, 92.7 WFNZ, the exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan. It was a good night out there when we were celebrating the NFL draft. Do you think we get the same celebration that happened at 1058 like we did when Bryce Young was the number one overall pick? Uh, I would say yes. You I think, think so? Yeah, because I think that for every Panthers fan that was at the party, there will be Hornets fans there, and they're excited about this pick. And uh, so I think get yeah, a buzz. <laughs> Not to be punny again, but every time I think you the can't buzz say will buzz be there. Without punny, you, yeah, <laughs> buzz is such a, a used word, but I think yeah. that for sure uh, there will be definitely palpable excitement in the building tomorrow night, and I think it will be just as packed. It's funny when national guys will talk about the Charlotte Hornets; they'll use the word buzz, and they'll think, "Oh." There's a pun, yeah. pun intended, like we <laughs> haven't used that same joke a million times. But Led, at least they're talking about the Hornets. Sure. I don't think we're going to get the same buzz if we want to keep rolling with the word. Wow. Well, Bryce Young, most people had accepted he was going to be the number one overall pick. You had more time to talk yourself into he's going to be our new QB. I don't think you had the same type of debate as you did with these two guys with Brandon Miller and Scoot, even if it does feel like more fans want Scoot than they do Brandon. I feel like there was more on the Bryce Young side. I, I mean, there's a couple guys that still want C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson, maybe. But I don't think we're going to get the same type of jubilation, if it, especially if it's Brandon. That's what I really want to see. You think see. it's going to be a mixed bag? I do. I think if, especially if Brandon Miller's the selection. It's going to be who, who? <laughs> <laughs> people booing, people cheering. I, I think we're still going to get some cheering for it. We'll see about the Brandon Miller. There's going to be some people that will complain because Scoot definitely has a contingent. So I think there will be some people that won't be happy with the Mm -hmm. pick either way it goes. All right. It's going to be a fun time, though, because we had a blast. Me and you, we partied, man. We were out there for a long time. hanging out, eating. 1058. It was a great time. Not only was it a great time on the air, but we hung out after we were off the mic and experienced some of those great food and drink specials. You should come out and hang out with us because Thomas Davis. He might be out there. I know he's on with us right now on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. TD, we appreciate it, man. How are you doing? Man, I'm doing great. How are you guys doing? Oh, we're doing good, man. We're doing really well. I'm excited for this NBA draft. I'm excited for the NBA draft party. I do want to ask you, though, what can customers expect out at 1058? Man, always great time. Great vibes, great environment. Like you just said, the food is amazing. If you drink, the drinks are A1 one of some of the best in the city. So if you haven't been to 1058, I highly recommend you come check us out. And if you have been, continue to come, continue to support, and we'll continue to take care of you. Uh, Wes saw it happen. Kyle Bailey threatened to beat me up when I looked at his chicken wings. I didn't even grab for one. I didn't grab. <laughs> that he did. Kyle said, stay away. He didn't say, no, nah, they're really good. All he said was, no, nah, stay away. Yeah, and you know it when they don't offer you it. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Him I think he did offer me. He said, Wes, you can grab him. Well, I think he, he said that. He threatened me. I know that's what happened. Now you got to tell him, listen, you better get your own, man, because these are going to go fast. And I did. <laughs> and they went fast for me as well. I did want to ask you this question, too, TD. I want to ask the more challenging venture for you. Owning and operating your own bar or being an all-pro linebacker, what's the tougher challenge? 
without a doubt, is owning and operating this <laughs> bar, man. Because I would say, you know, as an all-pro linebacker, you know, I had an opportunity to have a, a ton of experience at work get point. You know, first opportunity um, in doing something like this. So, you know, you just you go through the challenges that come with being a bar owner. you got to make sure that you're catering to, to everybody and you're having something in there that everybody enjoys being a part of. TD, have you had to handle any complaints? Have you ever been in there and a customer and didn't like what they got and so uh, you came over there and tried to take care of it? <laughs> Listen, I've been in there and I didn't like the way something has gone out or way something has come to me and I've sent it back. So we always, that's one thing that I've definitely learned um, is in this business, the customer is always right. So if we, you have something that, that you order at my spot that's not correct or you don't like it, then We'll fix it. We'll make sure that it's right. We don't want anybody to come in and be dissatisfied with the service that they get. All right, TD. So let's talk a little bit of shop. Coach Reich said you came out to practices and said that you imparted some words on the team. And he said you really exemplified the standard uh, that you guys set when you were there. So can you share with us any of what you said to the team and what you've seen so far from this new defense under Ezra Evero? You know, I'm just I'm excited about this team overall. You know, not just the defense. I feel like they did a really good job of, of bringing in some really solid core players. Um, and then you get Bryce Young, you get him going. He's been named the starter now. And I love that move because what it does, it allows him to prepare and be ready for the football season so that everybody knows. You see a lot of times teams bounce around. They're like, okay, He's not ready yet. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. But now Bryce understands that he knows that he has to come in and operate this offense as the man because that's what he is right now. And defensively, I feel like, you know, they added a ton of players that are going to allow Shaq Thompson, allow Jeremy Chen, allow Brian Burns, and all of those guys to do what they do well. And that's fly around and make plays. TD joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. TD clearly handle this however you want to but i did want to know just how much you were around the old regime and some of the bigger differences that you've seen from this new regime you've clearly been around giving speeches at practice you know i i i had the same opportunity you know with coach rule he he invited me in to speak to the guys and you know i just embraced that opportunity but i think the biggest difference right now is the way that the players feel about what's going on right now you can see a huge difference on the looks of these guys. They're excited about what's going on. They're looking forward to being out there and being at practice. Whereas I heard a lot of mumbling and grumbling and complaining when Coach Rue was there. And I was just letting the guys know then, like, hey, it's a process. you got to buy into what they're teaching you in this. And if you guys don't buy in, it's not going to end well. So I think that the guys are very excited to be in a program right now that's ran like an NFL program. Well, TD, the most important thing that we want to know, though, is what are your top three menu items at 1058? What are your best recommendations? Um, first and foremost, every single time that I go into 1058, I have to order the Mambo Wings because that's my favorite wings. Um, definitely coming with some fries, and it just depends on how I'm feeling. I cannot leave out of there without the collard green dip. Thomas Davis joining us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline, giving us the favorite menu items. We're going to be out there at 1058 watching the NBA draft. TD, who you want? You're a big Charlotte Hornets fan. Who do you want there at number two overall? Brandon Miller or Scoot Man. Henderson? 
I got to go with Scoop, man. I've, I've had the opportunity to watch Scoop play a lot. Um, and just from a physicality standpoint, I feel like he's NBA ready. Brandon Miller, I think he's going to be a solid pro. I think he's going to be good. But, you know, I'm not really big on Alabama guys. So I was I'm about to say. To, <laughs> I'm just going to stick to, you know, hoping that we draft Scoop. But if we draft Brandon Miller, I don't think that the uh, the Hornets can go wrong with either of those guys, honestly. Yeah, I, I thought maybe a little of the Georgia bias, Scoot being from Marietta, yeah. and Brandon playing for... I mean, that, that's the best of both worlds for TD to want to go with Scoot Henderson. Last question for me, TD, I did want to ask you, do you think there's been anybody that's appeared more on the Spectrum Center Jumbotron than you have over the last 10 years? Listen, I've been very, very loyal to the Hornet brand. And, and in, in return, you know, they've done a lot of stuff for, for me and my Leadership Academy kids, and I fully embrace that. You know, creating opportunities for these kids to go to games where they may not normally have an opportunity. So they've been very vital in giving back and making sure that they provided those chances for, for my Leadership Academy kids. So I'm extremely thankful for that. That's the voice of multi-time pro bowler, all pro linebacker Thomas Davis joining us here on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Going to be a fantastic time at 1058 Thomas Davis's bar and grill. Going to be an awesome time. We're going to be out there tomorrow night watching the NBA draft. If you don't know the location, very easy to find. 430 West 4th Street, and we're going to be out there from 6 to 9, maybe even longer if it's uh, what we did last time at the NFL draft party. Night Owls. TD, we appreciate you, man. Uh, Can't wait to see you tomorrow night. Listen, I appreciate you guys. I'm looking forward to it, and we're going to find out who has the best fan base in the city because when we had this Panther draft party, it was packed. It was completely packed from wall to wall with Panther fans. So, I mean, no Buzz City, you've got to step up. We're going to see what the competition is like. I'm going to tell you, get there early. Challenge laid down. TD was not lying to you. It was packed. That we, it was. We appreciate it, TD. Thanks again. Thanks, TD. No problem, man. Thank you, guys. It's going to be a lot of fun, man. We're all going to be out there, too. If he just told you, he's hanging out for three hours. Mac and Bone going to be out there. Kyle Bailey, Paul Biancardi, they got to do the broadcast from the Spectrum Center. But I'm sure Kyle Bailey would want to eat those chicken wings that he threatened to fight me over, even just looking at him. So it's going you to be. You should send him a picture. I will. Yeah. It's my wings, damn it. Right. KB. <laughs> These are mine. All right, let's talk more about the Hornets, Carolina Panthers, maybe some Matt Rule comments TD had on the other side of the break. It's Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.